Normal people are struggling, yet ministers are staying in big bungalows. It was me how I say off. We are not just trying to figure out the whether corruption takes place. I think it's a bit stupid how much they spend, it's up to them. What well, do you feel like it was a strategy from the opposition? Y'all think we don't dare to talk about the ride out saga? This is your daily catch-up. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Look at this statistic up here. We are sad because more than 50% of you are not subscribed. Please, it will do us a huge favor if you would go down below and spend a very few seconds to press subscribe and press the notification bell. On to today's very fast-paced episode because our guest is not as free as all of us here, lah. Huh? Okay, see you there. Pew. Good greetings, my fellow Singaporeans. Today we hey, have hey. a special guest here with us. Some of you might know him. Some of you might dislike him. Welcome, Kelvin Chen. Exciting. So for those of you who don't already know him, Kelvin Cheng is a Singaporean businessman and former nominated member of parliament. Can you tell us a bit maybe about what you're currently doing? Um, I kind of stopped work uh, six years ago. Wow. I had it. Oh. Oh. Uh, but I'm still actively investing in stuff. I've also um, taken on a, an, an, an honorary diplomatic role recently. Yeah. I'm the uh, first uh, honorary consul of Serbia to Singapore. So I've been a bit busy with that as well. That, that sounds amazing, man. What does that mean? Yeah. Like, what do you actually do? Okay, so smaller countries such as Singapore, Serbia, Finland, we do not have the resources to open an, um, an embassy in every country in the world. Right. Right. So then they will go to that country and say, can you please recommend me your best looking guy? Because um, <laughs> we don't actually have a, the build up. We don't actually have a representative in our country. So your best looking and sexiest guy, I would like him to be our de facto ambassador in that country. Nice. But he couldn't make it last. So. Yeah, so I was <laughs> the second best. So <laughs> but actually, I mean jokes aside, you'll probably get someone that is uh, someone who can help, right? Mm, because okay. if Serbian Serbian citizens get into trouble in Singapore, then oh. they will come I to me see. because I am the de facto ambassador here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, see. interesting. Right. I thought you yeah. Yeah. Right. I thought you are yeah. non-resident yeah. ambassador. So no, that's that's that, something else. That is something else. But is there a reason why you decided to take this on then since you are like already so retired? So this this was especially it's actually because I am retired, because it's an it's an honorary role. So you we don't get paid, it's national service. Before the Ukrainian war, I thought it would be very exciting, very challenging, but now it's turning out to be a bit too challenging because uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Serbia is in a way, very in a situation very similar to Singapore. People always ask us, are you on China's side or are you on America's side? And we always say we are on Singapore's side. Yep. Uh -huh. So Serbia is in that position as well. They are, before the war, they were always trying to sit in the middle, be neutral. They were friends. They were very good friends with China and Russia, mm. but they were also on the, on the process of being admitted to the European Union and mm. therefore yeah. an ally of the West. Yep. But right now, they have been asked to choose. But unlike us, where we don't have to choose because we, are, we, have, we do not have common borders with America or China, Serbia actually has to choose. Right. right? Because they are yep. actually on the border of the European Union. Mm. Um, 
but they are 97% reliant on Russia for energy. Uh, and they are the very, very close to China in terms of trade. So they, are, they, are, they actually have to choose right. and it's very, very tough. So if I can backtrack a bit to when you mentioned that you already retired, right? Because I think many of our viewers will be interested in that. So how did you make a decision at that point in your life, right? That you feel like, okay, now I can let go. I can take a step mm. back. How'd you get so rich? <laughs> rich enough I think, to retire. Uh, I grew up in an HDB. I'm a self-made person. At a certain point of time, everyone wants to see what is financial independence. And then once you have, once you have enough, um, you decide that, hey, you know, I want to focus on other things. But I think after six years, I got a bit backside itchy. I, <laughs> I'm, I'm now trying to start new things again. But oh. I am no longer the active entrepreneur. So I would, I would hire a CEO to run the businesses mm. right. sure. for me. And also, I think in 2018 or 2019, I decided that um, I'm single. I do not have family. I thought that I believe that I have very good genes. Mm. So I think it's very important for me to reproduce so I've been trying to focus on see whether I, I can find a woman who, who, who <laughs> so, will have me. <laughs> <the way laughs> right? yeah, yeah. So are you on Tinder? Huh? No, I think I'm a bit too high profile for Tinder in Singapore. <laughs> right? sure. And I'm trying to, to meet people the old-fashioned way. I mean, I might look very young, but I'm actually Gen, uh, Gen X. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. So like in the, in the businesses that you're building, are they all like concentrated in a particular f industry or field that you're specializing in? So I'm doing in a or? lot in fintech at okay. the moment. Mm, okay. Correct. I heard from John also that one of your other things that you're actually venturing a <laughs> bit into is modeling. Yes, correct. Um, ah. because, um, wait, hold up. I didn't know that was a joke. You know. <laughs> <laughs> then I was like, I, I don't know him. I, I followed you on Facebook for a long time. Okay, yeah. You like to make people angry, yeah, yeah, but, yeah. but it makes a lot of sense, <laughs> you know, yeah, but yeah, you yeah. like to piss people off as well. So um, I piss people off because if you realize on social media, if you don't take an extreme position, you cannot go viral. Yeah. Right? So you're gaming so, it. So you take an extreme position, create a bit of controversy, and then you... you Take a step back, then you can let the conversation flow. So no, no, I, so wait, back back to what yeah, I was trying yeah. to say. So I was introduced to Kelvin, and and he was like, I'm also trying to be a model, and then yeah, he, yeah, he yeah. sent me an Instagram photo of a topless, and like, okay, like, I'm very nice body, <laughs> topless very, 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 nice <laughs> very, very respectful. Yeah, so all of you have to follow me on uh, uh, Instagram. On Instagram. If no, you scroll, you can find yeah. these topless photos, these nudes, lah. Yeah, correct. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he said, yeah, we should talk about my modeling. So, then I just haha. So a, so a very long time ago, when I was uh, younger and sexier, I was actually the owner of Elite Models. For, I was the president of Elite Models for Asia. Okay. Uh, long, long time ago. So, But now that um, I've been on a fitness drive for the last three or four years, I think ah. my friends would see that I've had a bit of change in my physique and everything. Mm -hmm. So I thought uh, I might want to be an influencer myself, but not just a political influencer, maybe a, mm. a, a physical and a, 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 a sensual in, in, in influencer, <laughs> you know. Speaking of like making people angry online and like on Facebook, right? Yeah. Like, what made you first decide to be so vocal about? No, I have. I, I always have things to say. From a young, I mean, that's one reason why I was an NMP in the first place, right? Mm. I, I, I have important things that I feel strongly about that mm. I want to talk about. But mm. in order to do that, you need to create some sort of reaction. Mm. Yeah. If you don't create a reaction, no one is going to read it. Then what's the point? Correct. The last con controversy I was involved with was the cashless yeah. payments thing, right? I saw that. So uh, again, you know, I was very careful not to actually dox anyone. It's in a way quite clever in the sense that I <laughs> I, I said that I, 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 I said that I, I would shame someone, but actually didn't shame 
anyone, if you're smart enough to go and look at my post, I didn't actually say who it is, yeah. right? So I brought the conversation to an extreme. People started getting angry. Then it actually came back to the middle to say, hey, it is correct that, you know, mm. you need to have Shops both should try options, to digitize right? Payments. You need yeah. to have mm. cash. You need to have cashless payments and there needs to be a balance. So on that note, right, yeah. um, one of the issues that you were quite vocal about recently is the ride-out road saga. How badly do you think this has affected or hurt the two ministers? During that time, the optics actually looked very good because it was pretty much a shithole. Comment down below and let us know, do you think that this whole saga has affected your view of Minister Shamugam? Like, share, subscribe, and we'll go back to the episode! Finger guns, finger guns. The Ride Out Road saga. So that one very early on when the allegations first came out, mm -hmm. you already made posts about it. Mm -hmm. One reason why um, I took a strong view right in the beginning was because I was familiar with black and white houses. Mm. I was mm. familiar with the process. So the first posts that come out were not about procedures, about conflicts of interest. The first posts that come out, they were playing on the politics of envy, right? Talking about how much the rents should be, why are these things in such palatial houses, not knowing that this class of um, real estate, because I and my friends, we looked at it before, you cannot compare it to private GCBs. You cannot com compare it to private houses. So I, so I knew that those allegations were false right from right. the start. So if I can do a short summary about that. So in May of 2023, mm -hmm. uh, the SecGen of Reform Party, Kenneth mm -hmm. Jayaratnam, yeah. asserted certain wrongdoings by uh, Minister K. Shamugam mm -hmm. and Minister Vivian Balakrishnan. And he questioned how the both of them could afford to pay the market rent for two of Singapore's mm -hmm. most prime residential properties in Rideout Correct. Road. This is quote, at least a direct quote from Correct. him. Those quotes, and then after that, they were coming up with silly... Uh, 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 um, guesses of what the rents might be 200,000, 300,000 which I knew that it cannot be true because I knew what the what the rentals were right? right? that yeah. they were actually below market price and, and why they were below market price is that most of these places were I mean I, I don't know what kind of rating your show has they were <laughs> they were shitholes they are mostly yeah. shitholes most yeah. of these places are terrible. I, I, they are in derelict condition. Like the you, it wasn't habitable yeah. in, in some yeah. sense. Yeah. yeah but that was also something that people kind of latched onto that they felt that SLA in the end like forked up money to like spruce up their house and all that and they felt like there was some internal... No, but again, because they are the landlords, before any tenant move into the house, a yeah. landlord needs to restore the place to a habitable state. But mm -hmm. with the black and whites, the habitable state is very basic. Like even air conditioning, if you don't have air conditioning, oh. you don't have air conditioning. They're not going to put in air conditioning for you. Right. Right. And I think oh, in the course of the investigation, one of the things that happened was that that was revealed or that was that uh, Mrs. Balakrishnan wanted new toilets. New toilets. Yeah. But this is not this is not allowed because that is an improvement. What they will do is to repair the 100-year-old yep. <laughs> toilet bowls for, mm. for you to make sure that you can shit and piss, right? Yep. That's all that is, that is required by them. They want a new toilet bowl. They're going to pay for themselves. So I knew yep. all of this. Then I realized that most people don't know this. Right. I right. mean, it, it's kind of easy to feel like Oh, now suddenly you're bringing up some weird story about my wife wanted a toilet bowl and then mm. she was rejected. All that was in the documents and it feels reactionary to how the public felt about this whole incident. Yeah, but I think a lot of it is also 
I guess it's understandable that most people do not know how black and whites yeah. and heritage houses that at the SLA managers. Yeah, work. but I, I also think it's like the context of the time, right? Because like I understand like if I'm mm. a tenant and I, I look at a place and like maybe the house, the, the ceiling is mm-hmm. cracked, I will ask the, the landlord also to yes. fix it. But like in this context, the ministers are on their own accord choosing to live in a luxurious or a slightly more expensive mm-hmm. home in which then the fixes need to be borne by almost taxpayers' money in that um, sense. I think there are two points here. One is that all landlords need to restore the home to a livable of state, course. number one. Number two, and this is a criticism of the SLA, they should never have allowed the houses to deteriorate to such right. a condition. Right. So I think it's a bit stupid to <laughs> leave these houses to deteriorate to such a condition because they could not find a tenant. Right. 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 Because you can if you can even maintain it in a more basic way in those years that they were empty, then at the then then just before the tenant moves in, you don't have to spend so much money. Yeah. It's a lot cheaper to have maintained it correct, than to rebuild correct. it. Correct. Yeah. For for context, before the ministers moved in, those houses were vacant and for rent for, for like four to six years. Yeah. Yeah. So I think another commentator, I think it was actually uh uh Ho Ching, who actually oh. said that she also disagrees with the way SLA manages it in the sense that if that guy is willing to pay a thousand less than the guide rent, yep. better mm. to have someone move in and live in the house yep. and mm. maintain the house than to, li- than to let the house de- de- deteriorate to such a state of disrepair that you have to spend half a million to, I think another house was 1.2 million, yep. mm. right? To restore it to a, to a habitable state. So I think the SLA needs to bear some criticism. I think um, they they need to see how they can better manage these uh, heritage houses. Mm. But something that I saw, it was actually in, from your, one of your comment sections, mm-hmm. was that uh, this person commented that he feels that most people are upset because normal people are struggling. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Yet ministers are staying in big bungalows. Mm. I, I think that comes to the crux of the, crux of the matter. I think yes. if, you, if, if you look at the criticisms online there are there are two strands the 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 intelligentsia are upset about the procedures about conflicts of interest about the ministerial code but i think the average singaporeans are not so upset about that they are more upset with what you said the optics right mm. the perception that hey you know uh, our leaders are living in the the in palatial homes whilst i'm hungry. struggling and i think that cannot be helped i think and i says as, as i said Again, there are two sides of the coin. One is that public office holders do have to be more careful about the optics because no matter what, we are human beings, we, are, we have emotions, we're going to e- react emotively. Mm. But on the other hand, we cannot play the politics of envy. As long as our leaders are doing their job, they, are, they should be free to live within their means, mm. right? If it's something that they can afford, uh, and, and uh, both uh, Minister Shamugam and Bala Krishnan can definitely afford this kind of lifestyle even before they got into yeah. into government, mm. then they should be allowed to live as they please without 
the people playing the politics of envy. Otherwise, um, as I've said a lot in my post, people mm. of ability are not going to be willing to step up and serve. I I think b- before we actually move into that, I like there was something that you mentioned was guide Ren. and I think for me as I was reading like the statements that were made by by Minister Edwin Tong, for mm-hmm. example, I think he was explaining how when the ministers or anybody who wants to rent out these apartments uh, or these these bungalows, there are mm-hmm. really two ways, and one of it is open bidding, or the other is direct mm-hmm. letting, and it's at the discretion of SLA to determine mm. these processes. Mm-hmm. And so when the, uh, Minister Shan Pasamugam and Minister Balakrishnan mm-hmm. were were renting these places, they were both done via direct letting. And even though everything seems to be cleared up, it mm. feels a little bit like, hey, how come they were able to know exactly how much they needed to bid? I yeah. I think that the guide rent um can be guessed quite easily. From, to, from, oh, no. Sorry, to answer your question a bit, so something that I read was that in houses that has I mean become a semi-unlivable state already yeah, and, and like, like not been elephant, rented out for a long time, they actually for direct tenancy, they actually ask SLA for like what is a sum that you are asking for? Yep. Then they will bid around that price. Yes. Which might yep. explain why it was like quite similar. Correct. I, th- I think because Min Shan was a very senior lawyer, he follows procedures and processes <laughs> very fast, fastidiously. So he Fastily. knew the... He 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 yep. knew the process and he recused himself. Mm. So just to make this a little bit more hypothetical mm. and a bit lighter, uh, <laughs> technically, right, if because okay, so so it's not published like who's bidding for one minister uh-huh. directing, but technically, if you knew, you could actually have subbed these two ministers by then bidding a little bit higher than them, and they will be outbid. Yeah, correct. Uh. And 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 actually, at the uh, end of the ten years, even if you do improvements, I'm sorry, your time is up. Yeah. We're gonna have to open it up for bidding. So one of my other friends was really upset as uh, as well. You know, he he lived in Chippy Gardens for ten years. He really he did improvements to the house. Mm. He really wanted to extend the lease, but SLA said no. I mean, your 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 time is up. It's time someone else must be given the chance to Rent to uh, stay there. So moving past the politics of envy thing, something else that people then started latching onto was that. Uh, CPIB was actually brought in to investigate, mm-hmm. but then it felt like a own self check own self situation because the, yeah. it, it felt like yeah. PAP had made a big fuss over the WP uh, right. Yeah, so I think situation. this 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 is absolutely ridiculous. If oh. if if it's like that, then everything is own self check own self, right? Because the again, this is partly a consequence of the PAP being in power for so long. Yeah. We cannot tell the difference between the government, which are politicians. Mm. Yeah and the civil service yep. which are bureaucrats so the civil service the police they are all independent right so if if you went to a country like the UK where there has there are re- regular changes of power the the police the the the, uh, the corruption uh, bureau of that country or whatever they are independent of of uh, of politics they have nothing to do with the politicians yep. the party is the party the government is the government the, pol- the politicians are the politicians the civil servants are the civil servants and they are separate yep. right the 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 uh, our, our courts are independent right our our our, 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 our police, our CPIB is indip- independent as well. But would you say it would have been fairer if we had, say, for example, Mr. Pritam Singh, who is leader of the opposition, be part of that investigation wow. panel as no, well? No, because he is a politician. He's not a professional investigator. investigator. Mm. You right. want to get a professional investigator, and the CPIB is even more professional than a professional. They are specialized in investigating corrupt practices, as the name yeah. says, right? <laughs> right, and and they are the right people to to ask to in, to investigate corruption, mm-hmm. not a politician. But I think that, like, if say for example, we had 
included some form of like a special committee or what, right? Then maybe people would have felt like, say, Mr. Pritam Singh would have like probed more thoroughly. Okay, so or then, asked so then the question is yeah. that: Are you trying to play politics? Is this a political issue, or is this an issue of whether uh, a, a crime has been committed? Or something, so, something that is illegal has been committed. Why would you put this to a political committee? No, I, I do feel I like okay, you rightly mentioned doing that would be politicizing the whole thing. But it has already been very heavily politicized so then, to begin with. So we need to we need to we need to we need to depoliticize the what, situation. What then would you think would happen if, let's say, since it's already so politicized to a certain extent, we are not just trying to figure out the whether corruption takes place. At a certain extent, we are also trying to, or they would then need to assure the people that corruption has so, taken so place. So and now, that's two different matters. So correct. So we, we need to very clearly demarcate what is legal, illegal, corrupt, uncorrupt. I think. So that part has been sorted. Yep. We know that, that nothing was... Mm. Nothing wrong was done. There was no corruption, so on and so forth. So that one is done. Let's move on. Now there is the politics, which I said is the optics. Then it's up to the politicians to explain, right? So for example, Minister Shanmugam gave a very moving speech about how just because he was staying in a, in a, a GCB doesn't mean he cannot empathize with the people mm-hmm. um, 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 because he grew up in rental housing. And um, that is politics about whether now the politicians have to come out and convince the electorate that, listen, even though um, it has been proven that I've done nothing wrong, I'm not corrupt, but I know that some of you feel a certain way, let me convince you that I am someone that can still lead you, someone that you can still Mm. trust, someone that can still empathize with you, despite the fact that my lifestyle might be... Um, something very different from yours. Yeah. Well, do you feel like it was a strategy from the opposition? Because now you've you've created a situation where the ministers have to come out and say, "I've spent four hundred thousand yeah. dollars just to improve my house." So I think this is very harmful to people who are thinking about serving, mm. because not only are your private lives exposed, now everyone knows where they live. Yeah. Uh, Google Earth images of their houses have been exposed. Yeah. And if I were their wives and their family, I'll be pretty upset, right? Right. So I think, um, it, again, we might be spiraling down towards the Western s- standards of politics where there are gutter politics that are being played out in terms of digging up the private lives of public office holders and making a scandal out of it, which I, I, which I, which, which I think would be terribly detrimental to Singapore. Yeah. So I think as as in your opinion as a political commentator, how badly do you think this has affected or hurt the two ministers? Okay, it is very difficult to generalize. I think if I were the politician, I'm not a politician, I would look at each demographic very differently. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right? So where the intelligentsia are concerned, they seem to be very cons- very focused on procedures, about mm. conflicts of interest. They need to be persuaded that the ministerial code has been interpreted a bit wrongly by those people who have said that the, the, the perceptions of conflict of interest um, have not been adequately looked at. Mm. I think um, um, Member of Parliament, Murali, has put out yep. a post mm. today or yesterday that oh. clears clears the air somewhat for this. So the intelligence here has to be to be convinced yep. rationally, lo- logically, and, and explained in a certain way. The average person, I think, as you said, is a lot of it has to do with uh, the perception that um, the, the leaders are leading a life that is so out of sync yep. with, with, with mm. theirs. So I think that is a deeper problem. 
And I think uh, the politicians have to step up and not only show that they can still empathize, but also let action speak louder than words. Mm. So what can they do to make sure that despite the fact that they might be living comfortably, they are able to help the average person. But it's so difficult though, especially if you're a holder of like public office to for the public to separate your your public and private life because like they are open to, to scrutiny in some sense. Yeah, so I think the rule of thumb must be that um, things that have nothing to do with the discharge of your duty should be out of bounds. Uh, at the end of the day, I mean, optics is a spectrum, right? And then, you know, if, if you're going to like worry about optics all the time, then ministers shouldn't even drive, right? Because most people don't drive. Then you're going to have to take... I mean, I've actually encountered people saying that ministers should not drive. They should be taking public transport because otherwise, yeah. how can they... True. Em- how, how can they empathize with the people? I think, but that is taking things to an absurd extreme. Okay, maybe maybe I should clarify. So like, I think it's it's fine for ministers, I think, to live in, in nice houses and bungalows. But I think the fact that they are renting specifically from a government mm-hmm. board, the mm-hmm. SLA, I think maybe ministers so could again, have been a little bit better. In terms again, of I think it's a spectrum. I think it's a value judgment. Renting from uh, from the state itself, to some people, might be bad optics. Yeah. But to other people, it could be that as long as you did it in the right way, that you followed the procedures and the process, then it's okay. okay. During that time, the optics actually looked very good because this was a house that nobody wanted to stay in. Right. Right? So it's like, it's like hey, no, nobody wants to stay here anyway. It's like a shithole. Like, uh, like I said, <laughs> it was pretty much a shithole. Right? I saw the pictures. You know, mm. do so much work to even do it. And for Minshan's place, there was a mosquito-infested secondary uh, forest. It was breeding mosquitoes. And then SLA made a rather, if it was me, I would not have done it, a rather unreasonable request that if you want us to clear it, you, can, you, you got to rent it. It's like it was me, I would say, f*** off. Yeah, yeah. Right? It, is, it is state land. I don't want to stay next to a mosquito-infested place. You clear it. Why, why, why the f*** should I take on the rent in order for you to clear it? I'm, no, so I wonder because something else that people tie with this is that the ministerial pay, which people yeah. have historically been upset about. Yeah. I wonder if there's any proof to go to show that right, this high pay actually makes us a better government than in other countries. Yeah, where especially based difference. on his travels, right? What do you think? Yeah, I think that the advantage is not only of a high pay but a clean wage, right? What we say, clean wage, that there are no perks. We pay the minister something and then we don't actually pay for anything more. We don't pay for like like so drivers mm, right. or state cars or or state houses or education or or uh, private jet and, uh, right, and which stuff the like US that. Does. Right, right. Mm. So a lot of other places, a lot of it is not clean wage. A lot of perks involved. You don't right. actually know how much the ministers are paid. Right, I would rather pay them well and then you, you pay them cleanly yeah. so that you know exactly how much they make how much they spend is up to them. Yep. And then if they don't do a good job, every five years, you have a chance to sack them. Yep. So thank you very much for watching today's episode. And of course, thank you, Kelvin, for joining us today thank and you. giving us many insights. Like, share me. and subscribe. And we'll yes. see you in the next episode. Yeah. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And uh, follow me on Instagram. And Threads. Thank which you. Is his Model new career. <laughs> threads, Threads. Okay, you, you can see his shirtless photo. <laughs> <laughs>
Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.